Hi, this is Brad Harris, host of the Legacy Mindset Podcast. Thank you for joining us. What is Legacy Mindset? You see, most people are trying to go from survival to success without ever thinking of the next level, which is significance or your legacy. So in this podcast, what we're going to do is we're going to go through those three levels. We're going to talk about the three mindsets to get you to that pinnacle, which is significance or your legacy. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you could share this podcast with either your friends or your family or post it on social media, that would be greatly appreciated. And that's how we can get the word out. Okay, great. Now let's get started. Welcome everybody to the Legacy Mindset Podcast. I'm Brad Harris, your host. Great to be on. Here we are in actually the end of December, almost into 2023. So uh, super excited. Hope everybody had a fantastic holidays and uh, as we head into the new year. And I'm excited about our podcast today. I'm in fact, super excited. I've been trying to get this done for six months. Okay. But uh, we couldn't get our schedules together and we finally got it done. But guys, I want you guys all sit down, get your pen and paper out too. You're going to need to take some notes off of this one too. It's just going to be great, but I'm going to have one of my best friends. Um, I've known him now for 30 years, 30 years. I do business with him. He was actually my mentor in my business. And, um, you know, a lot of the things that I do today, I mean, I just, I learned so much from him about not only life, uh, but being a leader, being a leader in a company and just, it's just been a fantastic, fantastic relationship. We traveled the world together. Uh, we trained together. We've, we've done so much together, but, um, super excited about him guys. Let me give you a little background on him. He's just, he's hit the pinnacle in his business. A lot of you guys know I do Herbalife. He's hit the top level in our company and just, uh, not only is he a leader, like I said, with me, but he's a leader of leaders. Uh, the company is, is a $9 billion company and uh, he's a leader. He talks to the CEO of the company. He, he mentors all the way down. So guys, so excited for you to be on the call with him today and just get the insight, but he's going to tell us his story. He's going to kind of walk us through, but so I'm going to bring on my good friend. He's from Plano, Texas, and uh, just he's a Texas guy. I think he's a Dallas Cowboy fan too, I would imagine. So, but I'll let him talk about that. But, uh, but yeah, super, super excited. So I'm gonna bring on my good friend, Dan Waldron. Dan, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Brad. Thanks for having me on. I know, I think, I think it's been close to a year actually when you first, first brought it up. I said, <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. And then, uh, the last six months, just uh, trying to move with schedules. I thought you were going to call me to do it on Christmas Day because you knew I'd be free. Uh, in the right? <laughs> That's how we could get you. Well, now you got now you got two homes. You you got your you know your Plano home, and now you know you're going to talk about it. You got your I think it's your pride and joy now. So, um, but um, he's got a ranch, guys, and he'll talk about his ranch and and just some of the things that's happened for him, but. But Dan's like, like I said, I know a lot of my listeners know you. Okay. They know you, they've seen you on stage all around the world and um, they view you, like I said, as the leader in the company and very powerful, but you know, I think to get to know you a little bit better and just, let's just have a conversation I just kind of like, yeah, kind of start from the very beginning and let's just kind of get into it. And I'm excited about this whole conversation. So just kind of get everybody related to who you are. Sure, Brad. Well, listen, I, I grew up in the, the cold Northeast in, uh, I knew as a kid, as a teenager, I was like, man, I, when I'm older, I'm, I'm leaving this cold weather. I don't like cold weather. <laughs> I'm going to go down south somewhere. And I had a buddy I went to high school with. He was in Alabama. And uh, it's, it's a little south from where I was. And I went down there, hung out with him a couple of weeks and didn't didn't find any work. Found some things, but just wasn't going to do it. He says, hey, things are really happening in Houston, Texas. This is back in 8081. And I uh, landed a job in Houston, stayed there a little over a year, and then uh, wanted to move over to Austin. I had a buddy in Austin, Texas, and I said, well, I think I'll go back to school and uh, really wanted to train athletes. I, I was an okay athlete, but I wasn't really anything extraordinary, but I felt like I had some coaching in my heart that if I had a young you know, teenager that just needed some direction, I said, I think I could really help them. So I decided to, uh, uh, to go back to school in, in Austin. Uh, but then uh, I needed some money, so I found a little part-time uh, uh, opportunity in the in the meantime. Yeah, it's good. It's like, well, it's, it's you know, interesting, right? New York boy, right? Raised, 
you know, through your teenagers. Now you go to Austin basically by yourself too. You just moved away from everybody. Didn't you? you yeah, just, it was, you just... yeah, it, it was pretty hard, you know, but, but I, I, I wasn't the, the, the best teenager, you know, I wasn't really the, the stellar student, you know, so uh, <laughs> the environment that I was with wasn't with the best, a uh, 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 great family, but some of my friends weren't the uh, good guys, but I think they weren't going in the right direction. So I just, I, I just intuitively knew in my heart, uh, the cold weather was an excuse, that's for sure. Uh, I didn't like that, but I just knew I needed something different. So uh, left with a buddy to Houston. And then uh, he stayed with me for uh well, I went to Alabama first, then over to Houston. He hung out with me for a week until I found an apartment. But yeah, I was uh, totally alone. And uh, now I'm in Houston, you know, millions of people. And I grew up in a town of, uh, you know, 3,000 people. So it was a culture shock uh, getting on those highways every day. Uh, but, uh, you know, did that for, again, a year and then moved over to Austin uh, by myself. I knew a friend there, but I only knew one person in the whole city. So, uh, yeah, those are the early 80s was a little bit uh, called grow up because, uh, you know, I was real close with my family. So it was a little, little hard to leave, but I just knew there was something out there for me and I didn't feel like I could ever do it there. You know, it's so important. A lot of the young guys listening in right now, Dan, it's like your environment dictates you. And it's, it's amazing at that young age, you knew that you just knew in the back of your mind, I have to have a different environment. You had that always that seed of success in you. You knew there was big things out there for you, but that that's interesting that you had that awareness. It's like, you know what? I just need to make a clean break and just, you know, get somewhere where I can make it happen. Yeah. And, you know, and I didn't know, you know, honestly, I never knew that my business would turn out so well. I'd be so blessed in so many different areas. I just knew the direction I was going was going to be real, very problematic because it was as a teenager. And once I hit my early twenties, uh, 2021, I go, I, I have to leave. It, it was, it was a real, uh, God sent, uh, message like you got to leave. I didn't recognize it necessarily as that at the time, but I do believe today that that's what it was because it was I was not going in the right uh, direction. So yeah, coming down south was uh, so great for me and living in Austin and then um, then moved to Plano. So uh, been in Texas, my goodness, forty two years. So uh, yeah, and I'm a Cowboys fan. That's right. So don't jinx us. We're, we 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 may actually make the playoffs. <laughs> it's so good. Well, we got to have that Dallas Cowboy Kansas City Chief Super Bowl. We got to have that. <laughs> I don't know if it would be in the same room with you, but it's like, but uh, uh, definitely Tyler was in this weekend. Remember that time Dallas played Kansas City? Oh. My son, my my son was there. It's just, yes. It gets a little crazy, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It totally does. Okay, so you 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 moved to you know you moved to Texas, end up like you said Austin, um, and then you know it's like. I'm assuming you did odd jobs. What was, what was you doing well, at that yeah, time? Yeah, I, I, I found uh, Herbalife actually in Houston. And uh, that's why I moved to Austin. Cause I said, I can make $500 a month, hopefully, because at the time, you know, state residents, you don't pay very much for tuition at all about 40 years ago. So I knew I can go to school for hardly anything. And uh, so started doing a little part-time with that and just did that part-time for four years, got my degree. And then uh, my, my business went so well I said, I think I'm going to put coaching on hold just for a little while, and, I, and I'll just kind of see how this goes. <laughs> and so I put that uh, uh, that coaching and teaching uh, on hold now for 40 years. And so my business went so well part-time uh, back in 86. I decided when I graduated from the university, I decided uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to do this as a full-time career, never knowing it would turn out to be uh, uh, like, like it has. It's been very, very, very good. Well, and I know, and of course I wasn't, I didn't get into business till 93. You're starting in the early eighties. Okay. Of course, business went well, like you said, but I, you've told me a lot of stories. You talk about when, you know, when, when your business had a challenge and in like around 85, it had a huge challenge and talk about that, how you, how it really well, it did. defined, it, defined it, you it there. Really, it really did. I, I was pretty young. So one, I, I think if there was any great lesson that I learned, um, in the eighties was, uh, I saved my money. I, I really didn't have any, you know, personal mentors, but the company constantly talked about, you know, bank your money, bank your money. And listen, where I lived, I didn't spend hardly anything. My car had a car that was paid for and got, you know, a dollar a gallon for gas or whatever it was back then sure wasn't much. And my living expenses were hardly anything. So I didn't need much money. So I was doing very well with the company and I just put money in the bank, put money in the bank, put money in the bank. And then um, during some trying times, you know, 86 to 91, it was it was a little challenging for me, challenging for a lot of people. And uh, 
uh, I, I wasn't doing that great in the business, but yeah, I had that little nest egg. So if I needed $100 that month or $500 that month, I had that little savings that really got me through, honestly, several years. So great. You know, we hear it all the time. Don't live beyond your means. Don't live beyond your means. You know, I must say that's probably one of the most significant things a person can do. Don't live beyond your means. And I didn't. So when times were a little challenging and struggling, um, you know, I, I, I had that money. And I'll tell you, Brad, I didn't learn very much in 82, 83, 84, 85 uh, when I was first in the business because it just it just went so well. I was part time and I was doing very, very well. Didn't didn't learn a whole lot. Didn't go to a lot of the schools. And then in you know 86, I went full time and I started really studying and learning because the business started going not so well. Kind of strange. Part time, it's going great. And full time, it's not going good. Uh, but but that's when I learned the most. I learned how to really lead people. I, I just learned so much about the business because it wasn't going that well. But again, I, I had the money put away uh, to wait. And then by 92, end of 91, 92, business just boom clicked in, something just happened and just the company skyrocketed and I just uh, uh, continued to do well. That's so interesting, Dan. And like I said, like I said, people listening in, you know, they're doing well, you know what I mean? Anybody out there. So if you're talking to a young guy right now, he's doing well, he's rocking it, but you just talked about saving money, doing some, you know, things that you just, like you said, you, you weren't necessarily taught it, but it was in your, maybe, maybe it was from your mom. Maybe it was from that, you know, lineage from your, from your parents, but that that's very interesting. And, and then, like you said, you learn the most when you're in your struggle. I think that's yeah. really interesting because guys sometimes don't correlate that. They don't correlate no. that, that struggle actually defines you. Yes, it does. I mean, it's even in sports. If, if you get a, a slugger in baseball, the guy's just, you know, hitting 400, hitting 350, doing unbelievable. And all of a sudden he goes in a slump. Now, all of a sudden, what's he do? He's got the batting coach. He goes there early, early mornings. He's studying. He's looking at a swing. He's got videos. <laughs> Why? Because yeah. he, he's down to 200. He's just not hitting the ball. So that's when he's learning and studying and looking at films and doing everything else. And, and in any endeavor that you do, once things don't go so well, you don't sit there and say, oh, it's just terrible. No, you. what can I learn? How do I become better? What do I do? I didn't miss any of the meetings. They said, take, bring your, your journal. I, I brought my journal. I got journals from back in the eighties. I mean, I'd run to the front row and sit there and take notes all day long. Uh, and, I, and I was a student and I learned as much as I could during those struggling times. But during the prosperous times, I, I don't think, uh, you know, I, I took a whole lot of notes. <laughs> no, I hear you. It's, it's, it's so true though. And it's so true for all of us. And and we can, like I said, understand that and get through that time. And like you yes. said, on the other side of that, okay, is greatness. And it's like I said, where everything really, is, like I said, sort of taken off for you. You know, I think it's really interesting. A lot of my listeners, even like I said, are not in our business with us, but a lot of the listeners know who Jim Rohn is. It's amazing yes. when I talk to anybody out there. I know Jim was a big part of your life in the late 80s, early 90s, and and you had a personal relationship with Jim. So why don't you guys just share a little bit about Jim Rohn to him? I mean, it's like that was because that kind of goes in what you're talking about right there and how powerful he was for us. I came in in 93, but how powerful that was for us. Yeah. I mean, you know, I looked at him as like a spiritual leader. We didn't really recognize it at the time, but he just, he just came from a different perspective. It wasn't the rah, rah, go, go. It was just really trying to get into your heart. And uh, I, I just resonated uh, with him. I just could relate to him. I understood him. At first I didn't. He talked some things. I was like, I don't understand this at first. <laughs> but if he said, go get a book, I went and got a book. You know, I, I read, I studied, I listened to him and I had the opportunity uh, of knowing him for 20 years. Uh, you know, he came in 86 until 2006. Uh, I had a relationship with him and it was really towards the, the later 90s and 2000s really where I kind of had a more of a, a relationship to know him a little better. In the beginning, I would just go to the meetings and listen to him and take notes. But he was a great guy, made a big impact on, on lots of people's lives. And I just, uh, I, I, I loved what he stood for. He really stood for the spirit. And, uh, you know, the mind, body, spirit, he would often talk about. And I couldn't really understand it at first. But then he used to joke and he said, listen, you're not a rock. <laughs> he said, you're a spiritual <laughs> being. And I was like, wow, I like this guy. I'm going to study more. So I, I, I really love Jim. And he had a huge impact on uh, lots of us. Yeah, so that's so cool. Like I said, guys, and by the way, guys, if you're listening, you hadn't picked up a Jim Rohn book, just go Google it. Pick up a Jim Rohn book. You can't go wrong. Yeah. It's just yeah. 
Oh, just such, such, um, to me, such foundational. And it was huge for me because when I came in in 93, Dan, it's like, I was a mechanic. I hadn't read a book since I graduated. You know, it was just like, it was so inspirational to me to see somebody like that. When I went to a meeting, it wasn't all X's and O's. Right. They always finish off every meeting with him. Yep. And that was so powerful for me. It was just, it, it, it changed my life. And I know yeah. it definitely affected yours. Okay, so we kind of go into 93. 93 is where I came in. And uh, it's funny how me and you met. Okay, yes. so I am my wife. I was, my wife answered a guy's an ad in a newspaper about working from home. Uh, I was negative. I didn't want to go. She wanted to go to this guy's basement. And <laughs> and there's this guy's going to be there from Dallas, Texas is going to be there. So I'll never forget going there, Dan. So um, that was an interesting, you know, I've always told my view of that story, but you flew in kind of to tell him when, what, why, why did you fly all the way from Dallas? It, you know, it just shows him maybe another trait of you and what you were willing to do to make this thing happen. But you came in from Dallas here. We we're at this basement of this guy's house and that's where we first met. Yeah. He had a little office down, downstairs in his basement and, uh, you know, we were in communication and he's like, I'm having this meeting. I got some, uh, quality people and I, and I knew him well enough that he wouldn't, uh, you know, send me somewhere if he didn't have some people he felt like had great potential. And, uh, I think he, he talked to Pam, um, you know, so, uh, actually what it was is I, I think I talked to Pam the first time, yeah. but he, he, he had some uh, prospective people he felt good about, but, uh, I remember he, he gave me the phone and I told Pam, you know, about the business and she came uh, to the meeting and, uh, yeah, humble beginnings. I mean, how we, how we started. So, uh, uh just, uh, amazing, isn't it? It is, you know, it's like, and guys, I remember that meeting. It was like, there was four of us there that was actually showed up and I'll never forget this impact me in a very powerful way. You know, Dan did that meeting, but he did it like there was 400 people in that room. Yeah. Yeah. And you really did. And you end up working with Pam. Yeah. I mean, it was like, and, and out of that came huge success for you. I mean, big part of your business came out of that little bitty meeting. Well, yeah. And, you know, Brad, uh, to interact with you, Jim Rohn often talked about, he goes, don't be fooled with numbers. Don't be fooled with like uh, this, this massive crowd or this massive thing. He says, sometimes you only need a few people to make a huge impact because they will go get the massive amounts of people. So uh, regardless if I did a meeting with, with two people or, or 200 people, honestly, I had the same mindset and the same attitude. Like I'm going to give my all because I believe in what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, and, that, and that's what I did in that little basement that day. I, I, I shared the truth. I shared uh, what I believed uh, to be true. And, uh, and if, again, it, it, I didn't look at like, Oh, wow. I came all the way here and there's four people. I, I went there. I was like, I'm so excited that I have four really great people that I'm going to be able to work with in the future in a yes. different state. You know, and I mean, it was, I'd really looked at, wow, in a different state, you know, I'm in Texas. <laughs> now I got people in Kansas city and, you know, I'm in Kansas city, Missouri, how exciting, you know? <laughs> so, so cool. No, it's so cool. And I think back, like I said, and think back to that meeting, the, it of course changed the whole direction of me and Pam's life, my whole family's life. Yeah. And you know, if I don't go to that, there's just like, sometimes there's like forks in the road, you know what I mean? Or yes. there's things you do. And if you do it this way, your whole life would have been different. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just really weird when you look yes. at that. Sometimes you look back, you're like, maybe that's where that God has got our hands over us. Right. And we make that right decision. Yes. I, I really believe that Brad, even when I, when I found the business, I mean, that, that evening going to, in a, to a Houston library to, to meet this, you know, I was just going in there to do some study. And then that was the night I met this woman. She was over in a different part of the library studying. And then we ended up having a conversation. Next thing I know, you know, she's helping me in business. It's like, how weird. I mean, if I went at a different time or a different day, I just was going on my own. It wasn't like I had to be there. Uh, at a certain time. And I just went there and what if the, uh, I got a red light or what if I got hungry or what if yeah. I said I to go to the gym, anything could have changed. I would have never seen her. I mean, how the, 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 the transaction, the way it took place to meet her and then for her to tell me more about, and I said, I'm looking for something part-time. I want to go back to Austin, go to school. <laughs> it's just, that's how it unfolded. It's just like, that's why I often say, you know, God had a hand on this because it's just the coincidence is just so weird. If I really got the whole detail, it was like, wow, that's crazy. It is. And it's like, you know, if you're listening, it's like things are happening in your life. And sometimes it doesn't look like it's going great. Yes. But it's like when you fast forward and you look back, everything has its reason. Yeah. 
That's why you just, like I said, even like I said, when you came in for people, you gave it all. Um, you made an impact on Pam. Now I was still negative. I walked up, but you made a major, major impact on Pam. And that's how you got to me. And yeah. so it's like, cause you made an impact. You changed her health. You changed the direction of her life. And of course, then that affected me. And it's just, it's so powerful. You just don't know who you're affecting, who you're talking to and, and what's going to happen from that situation. Just powerful. You really don't because you don't know what's going on in the heart and soul of another person. But if you're if your true intent is to make an impact on somebody else, then you just give your all and that's it. And you can't look at whether they get involved with you, whether you're in real estate or whether you're in our industry or whatever business you're doing. I think if you're trying to make an impact on them and you care enough about them, then as Jim Rohn says, it'll all come back to you. But mm -hmm. if your whole thing is like, what could I get? How much do I make? What is the, you know, you're not really looking at the person. Like, how can I make an impact on their life? Because people intuitively feel and they sense who you are and what you are. And if you just keep, you know, sowing those good seeds out there over and over and over again. And I think being consistent too, because a lot of people, if things don't go well, they're, you know, the grass is greener on the other side of the pasture. It's like, well, maybe, maybe it is for a week or two, but I tell you, my friend, <laughs> consistency in one industry, uh, um, that's my generation though. You know, I'm 63 and I, I look back at my generation of people. We, we do things um, forever, you know, and I mean, yeah. these kids today, not, <laughs> nothing against them. I mean, who's to say I'm right. Who's to say they're wrong, but it is kind of interesting. You know, they do something two, three, four, five years, they're bored and they want to do something else, which is yeah. absolutely fine. But if you find something that you're passionate and that you love and you're making an impact, you're going to have days that'll be trials and tribulations. That's where you'll learn. But but just that stick-to-itiveness, that 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 like long lasting, I'm going to do this. And I'm telling you, all of a sudden you turn a corner, it's like, wow, this is great. That's why you don't live beyond your means, because you may need to, you know, go in the tool shed and you know, get a little bit of money out of it. <laughs> you know? So 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 true. That's that's just, that's so good. That, that's so good. Okay. So we kind of fast forward, like I said, I came into business 93 and then of course started, you know, you know, doing some major relationship, you know, something I'll say too. It's like, it's so funny. One time I, I remember getting a phone call from you. We had Pam and I had done well, you know, or I should say Pam, I was not so much into business and I'll never forget this day. And I don't know if you remember it. Okay. I'll never forget. Okay. So we did well, Pam did really well, did a bunch of business her first couple months. And I'll never forget the phone rang and it was you. And I answered it. It, it made an impact for one. I knew it was long distance. I don't know why, because I was so broke. <laughs> and so I knew it was long distance. And you called and you're like, hey, just want to congratulate you. And you talked to me three minutes, four minutes, just congratulating me. I don't know. That made such a difference in my head that he was making a phone call. I'd worked at TWA for eight years as an airline mechanic. They never called me and said, Hey, listen, great job on the engine change this weekend. You really made a difference. And they never did that. And you did that. It's such a little bitty thing, Dan, mm -hmm. but it, I'm telling you it impacted me. And I still, that, I still can tell you that story. I can remember it was a yellow phone with a cord. I can still remember it. I was sitting here talking wow. to you. And it's like, that made a major difference for me. Talk about these little things that you do that makes such a big difference. It just, it changed the direction. No, like I said, it just changed huge for me. Well, I, I actually remember something that happened for me. And I think maybe this is one of the reasons I don't know all the reasons, but for sure um, in, in this industry, you have what you call, you know, people sponsoring you, you know? And so my sponsor um, quit the business early on the people above that all kind of went into the retirement. So I was really kind of like an orphan out there trying to build my business by myself where you guys had, you know, me to call you and, or yes. I didn't have anybody. So I remember going to a meeting early on in my business and I met a, a real successful guy in the business and, uh, you know, shook his hand. I was just so excited that, you know, he didn't do anything. He shook my hand, said hi to me. Well, Brad, I never forget the next meeting I went to maybe a month or two later, I was walking by and he waved to me. He said, how's Texas? And it was wow. like, no, I'm telling you, my heart's like, I was like, I, I, I was lifted up all meeting because he was at a high level and I was just, you know, an orphan, nobody. And, and, and I went into that meeting with a whole different mindset. I felt so good that somebody said hello. He, he didn't remember my name, but he remembered I was from Texas. How's Texas? And, and I was like, so happy, like, wow, that superstar. 
over there, right? So, I mean, I, I just do my best all the time to try to make an impact on somebody else because, uh, you know, it was done to me and I was thankful. So, you know, that's that's just what we do, you know, try to make an impact in somebody else's life because sometimes, listen, they're, they're broken inside. And sometimes that little, just that little, that little encouragement, we yeah. all need a little recognition. We all need a little encouragement. We all need a little pat in the back. Uh, everyone doesn't resonate with the same way. Just that hardcore boom, boom, boom. Sometimes people need a little bit. Hey, how you doing? Hey, congratulations. Just some small things making a big impact. So, 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 so huge. And Dan, that goes, and I always think of that, you know, that goes where I'm at church and I see a visitor come in or something. I always make sure I go over and say hi to him or just, you know what I mean? Just little things, like you said, you know, in our business doing that, um, you know, we were at um, Christmas this uh, weekend and one of uh, Pam's brother's daughters had her or had her um, uh, son since Pam's brother's son had his girlfriend there. She was new at the the Christmas and I just made sure I talked to her, you know, what I mean? because I know she was feeling uncomfortable there, you know, just walking up and just just doing stuff like that makes such a difference yes. for people. It's just, it's, it's so huge. And sometimes we don't think of it that way. Yeah. Well, I think that the, the, the longer we live, if there's anything, you know, which I don't get excited about getting older, that's for sure. But, <laughs> but if there is any blessing there, it's like we, you know, we do have a little bit of wisdom. We do have a little bit of experience from living long enough and we could, you know, grab from those tons of mistakes, tons of errors and judgment, all the little things we, and then you can hopefully instill it into some young people and hopefully they'll take some, you know, take, take that wisdom and, and, and you use it for their own life. So passing it forward, you know, so we're, we're, we're blessed to have the life we have. And now it's like passing it forward and making an impact on whoever we can and just hoping uh, that they'll hear it. And sometimes it's tough because when they're young, they just, you know, they know everything and they got life and they're just like, let's go. And, and that's, it's exciting. I, I'm happy for that, but I, I hope they sometimes sit back and try to learn from their dads and their grandpas and a lot of the different people in their lives. Um, because when you live long enough, there are some, you know, some, some things you've learned and even some things that you did wrong, you could learn from people, you know what I mean? You could learn from your family and you can learn from your grandparents and learn from some things, some mistakes they made. We could teach a lot of young people, a lot of the errors that we did, a lot of the mistakes we did. It's not all like, oh, we got it together. Let me tell you this. No, it's just like, I could teach you more about the things I've done wrong, you know, and how you can correct that on the way and not do the same thing. So, wow. Okay. So let's fast forward a little bit. So me and you were able to work together in the late nineties. We did a lot of systems together, um, work together. I, I was around you when your two kids were born. So, I mean, so, so you become a dad, which I think, I think really changed you, Dan. And so once you talk about that, when you had your two, I'd say I not, not changed you personality wise, but you just become a complete person. Talk about that, having children and what that did for you as you were building your business. And cause you were in the major grind. I mean, yeah, you were doing well sure. and you were in the grind. So talk yeah. about that. Yeah. And, I, and I'll use a friend of mine who came down. Uh, he, he was a friend that I went to high school with and he moved down uh, to the Plano area for a while, had a job transfer. I don't even remember exactly what he did, <clears throat> but I didn't have any children at the time. And he had one. He came over to visit and we we're talking. And I remember him telling me this and I'll never forget it. It, it had to be 30 plus years ago. And he said, uh, he, he said, having a baby, he said, really, he said, what it's done for me because now I finally understand what love is. Mm. And so, so here's what was my comment back. I go, Oh, that's great. Like, <laughs> listen, I had no, if you don't have children, like if people are listening on here right now, they'll, they'll say, that, say, Oh, that's nice. Oh, how sweet. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I thought, like this big tough football player kind of guy, um, you know, is telling me, he goes, I, I understand what love is. And I'm going, yeah, great. That's cool. Like, you know, okay. You know, let's get the baby, let it happen because it's like, a, you know, you know how to do little kids, right? So, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, after that, a couple years later, you know, my son was born and then <clears throat> I understood what Tom was talking about. So, yeah, of course, if any, any parent out there understands it now, uh, today, you know, four kids, uh, four adult kids and, uh, you know, three <laughs> grandkids, uh, one on the way. Wow. Almost like now with, with, the, with the grandchildren. Uh, Brad, it's like you just have that opportunity to because you're still busy when you have little babies, you know, it changes yeah. your heart. You understand what love is and that is such a true statement, no question. But you're still working, going, going. And now it's just such a blessing, you know, seeing these kids on Christmas and 
seeing them and just seeing the, the adult kids with, with their children. It's just, uh, it, ju it just want, what it does for me is I want to take better care of myself even because I want to be around yes. for them when they grow. So children and grandchildren really do change so much uh, of your perception of life and, and what's out there. And it's just been, uh, uh, I'm, I'm very thankful. That's for sure. No, totally. No, totally. Like I said, it, I think it, like you said, love, big thing for me was taught me patience <laughs> taught, me, yes. taught yes. me that i'm not the center of the earth you know what i mean <laughs> you're center of nothing you have no rights like you know we're, we're, I, I told vicky i go listen we come back to the ranch we go to the, the, the six o'clock service at that church and we get it just no 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 lily's nap is at this time and uh, we got so you know life revolves now before it's children now it's a life revolves around the grandchildren what time are they napping what time did they do this with and it's just like you know but I wouldn't yeah. change it for anything, but it is yeah. funny. You, you don't have any, <laughs> you've lost your rights. And it's just like, no, this is what we're doing. Well, you're at the happiest point of your life. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's so funny. It is. It's so funny, but so good. And, you know, it's just part of our development. And like I said, I think this has been my greatest joy with our friendship is to watch that growth. Yes. Both of us. I mean, yes. we went through some hard times with our kids. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? We, but we just, you know, we were there for each other a lot of different times yes. in our marriages and all the stuff that we did. Yes. It's just like, it's just so, so important. So I, I think one of the biggest things that I've really got out of our relationship is like, not only have we done some great business together, but we've been great mentors outside of our business. Yeah. And it's just been, it's been huge. It's been huge. So it's so awesome. So let's talk about another mentor we had the owner of our company. We were very close to. And especially you were even more closer than me. And we kind of get in two thousands and we lost him, Yeah, you know, and, you know, you know, unexpected, unexpectedly. And talk about that and how you came through that. And cause I know it affected you in a really deep way. And we talked about this many times, but talk about how that's another, you know, we had that 85 thing we talked about yeah. and now we hit another, we hit another oops in our, in our road. Right. And we were like, wow. So talk about that. Well, I had the opportunity of, uh, of, of uh, meeting our founder in uh, 1983 in Newark, New Jersey, of all places, and uh, uh, known, you know, knew of him for 17 years. And it was really towards the end of his life, I got a little closer with him, and uh, you as well, went to his wedding yes. and, you know, his Fourth of July parties at his house and his Hawaii houses and different different events we would go to. So, yeah, it was very, it was very uh, troubling, you know, but, but listen, I'm a believer. And uh, I know you're a strong believer. So things, uh, death is, is something very difficult sometimes to, you know, to handle because of the longing and the missing of that. But it was the uh, same thing with Jim and Mark. You have your, 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 your sadness and your mourning. But as a believer, we know that this is not it. So it was, uh, it was hard. And we had some great, great people in our business that really stepped up to the plate as leaders. And, yes. and, we, kept, and we kept moving, uh, kept moving forward. And that's, that's what, that's what you do in life you, it, because it's almost like, we can't let anything paralyze us and stop us from moving forward because we have responsibilities with our children, our grandkids, our, our friends, our family, our church, whatever. And, and a lot of times people count on us. So as, as, as tragic as things get, uh, I think, you know, we have to step up, not saying that, you know, there wasn't a lot of sleepless nights there for a lot of us, but uh, uh, we, we endured through. And now you look at it and it's, uh, and that was 22 years ago, wow. you know, 23 years almost, right? Wow. Was a yeah. long time ago. And I remember the phone call where I was, I was teaching a school in um, uh, New York. I was doing a school in New Jersey and New York. And then uh, I got the, I got the phone call and it was, uh, it was, it was pretty hard. No, it is. And it's just, you know, when you, when you watch your life, Dan, it's just like, you know, these struggles, you come through them, you know, these challenges, you come yep. through them. You know, like I said, we've had it with our kids. We've had it with everything. And we just came through those and came through those and came through those. And you've been 40 years in this business. And like I said, I've known you 30 of them. And it's like just watching that and watch the development of you. And it's just, um, I mean, I know we would like maybe not to have everything to happen, but we probably wouldn't change anything, would we? I mean, just, just everything was supposed to be that way. Yeah, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, you, you look back on was, was very difficult, but I think, uh, you know, that, uh, some of those, some of those things that happen, you know, give you, give you a greater opportunity of appreciation yes. one, but uh, sometimes opportunities and, and, and great things come around as a result of that. And if that didn't happen, 
this wouldn't have happened. And you just yes. kind of look at it like that. So instead of going back in the pain of regret, uh, you just have to let yesterday go and like, what could I do today? What could I do forward? Because I can't really change what happened yesterday. I can't really change what happened in 1999. What happened happened. And, and although it was painful, uh, I, don't, I can't really get anything from the pain of it. You know, now I got to move forward. So, you know, we go from that mentor and I'll kind of like, I know it's kind of a twofold story, but another guy shows up in our business, another CEO that has major impacted our life. And once again, sometimes that mentor goes and then the next one shows up, right? Yeah. Especially for you. I mean, cause you're definitely at a level that I'm not that you're in conversations, but so talk about our new CEO and Michael Johnson comes aboard, right? And talk about you know, him coming aboard in the very beginning. And then what's that made meant for you, you know, just, just in your business and, and, or not even that just, just, just for your outlook on, on your outlook, outlook on life and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of really good leaders in the world and I'm no expert to judge anyone on their leadership, but you know, for, for me, I think I've seen a lot of really good leaders out there. And then once in a while, you'll see an extraordinary gifted I mean, just just talented to the bone and understanding people and understanding. And that's what we have right now. It's so it's a unique opportunity we have right now because, um, you know, we don't know how long he's going to stay. He, he, you know, was kind of in a retirement mode for three years. And I think he found a tremendous amount of peace of mind. He's with a, a fabulous uh, a woman, you know, love of his life. I mean, he just he looks good. He feels good, strong, healthy, fit. And, and, and I and I just. I just respect leaders, like high level mm -hmm. leaders who can handle people like me. You know, it's kind of like there, there's a lot of us at this high, high level. And sometimes it's, it, I look at like a, a head football coach trying to lead this, you know, professional organization. And, and it was like, that's got to be so hard. I, I, I don't think I could do that one there. But watching him come in and having complete command, uh, but respectful so respectful the way he conducts his life and the way what I see. So I, I, I can't be more excited uh, right now. And uh, I was pretty much chilling at my ranch uh, most of the time, the last couple of years, loving every bit of it. But I, I have to tell you the last uh, uh, 27 days, I've, I've actually been doing more uh, the last uh, four weeks than I have in, in a long time. And it feels really good because when you're playing on the field for a coach, that is just that's just an into it like yes. loves it into it yes. and as a leader you just you you want to perform so yeah. um, I, I tell you i can't be more thankful right now uh for as long as he's uh he's here uh, i'm gonna be hanging out that's another great example it's like one door closes another door opens yes it's just it's just once again life is right life is and so it is you threw out the ranch there so let's talk about that we got to talk about that for a little bit yeah. Okay. It's like, okay, guys, if you've ever been to Dan's house in Plano, it's a gorgeous home, gorgeous home. Dan's got everybody in the movie. Every time I'm there, there's five guys there working, taking care of the pool, taking care of this, taking care of that. Okay. Dan was the master delegator. <laughs> and then one day I get a phone call from him, from Dan saying that he's going to buy this ranch, which I thought, okay, great. He's going to have a ranch, you know, have 55 guys out there working on the ranch. <laughs> And oh my goodness, if you guys all know Dan, okay, never dreamed in my wildest dreams, he buys this ranch and you're doing all the work out there. I mean, you got a couple guys helping you, but I mean, I'm calling him and he's sawing down a tree. I'm calling him. He's on a tractor. I'm calling him. He's just, it's like every, it's just like, it was like 180, Dan. Yeah. It's like, I talk to Vicky all the time. She's like, who is this guy? Yeah. Talk about that. What happened? What What's shifted in your I life? I think there was a, you know, Brad, there's combinations of all kinds of things. And, you know, uh, I, I won't go too deep into it, but I think with COVID and so many different things happening, I, you know, I'm pretty wired and, um, and, you know, just, just raised the way I was raised. We work, you know, my, my dad always had, you know, minimum of two jobs. Sometimes he had three and we, we, we just, we just had this work ethic inside of us. And so, and the whole COVID thing was going on and all this stuff. I was just, well, first of all, a buddy of mine at church, we had a, an event at his ranch house. So I saw this and I was like, wow, I love land. I love all that. Anyway, when you're so stuck in the city, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, started looking around. I saw this ranch and I was like, I don't know anything about, you know, 
uh, farming and ranching and all this stuff. But I said, you know, Mark always said, buy some land. So I said, okay, I'm going to get this. And then the whole COVID thing happened. And, you know, thank God we're in Texas. Things were only really shut down six to nine weeks. I mean, we, we lived pretty normally the whole time, but still it was a weirdness in the whole world. And um, so being out at that ranch just gave me really peace of mind mm. and really a really opportunity to, to really grow spiritually. Because when you're out there in 425 acres and, uh, you know, there's nobody around, of course, I got some guys that are, you know, they're, they're way smarter than me. They taught me everything out there. They're, they're, they're out there right now working. <clears throat> they're, they're, just, they're just incredible. So they, they just taught me things and, you know, basic fundamental things. I would, would still never call myself a rancher. That's for sure. I, I probably passed the fifth grade, sixth grade, right? If Mike Patterson was on here, he might give me a, you know, a, a, a C plus or something. But, but it was the enjoyment of it, the peace of mind of it, being in nature, being connected to God, because you're like, how did this all happen? You know, you're out there with 200 year oak trees and I got a 38 acre lake and it just really gave me that solitude every night. You know, so I'd go out there on Wednesdays and uh, uh, stay stay Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and come back Saturday mornings. And then, uh, you know, the last uh, uh, you know few months, uh, I'd be coming back Friday nights. But anyway, it just gave me that opportunity to just have some peace uh, to work the land and uh, just uh, just just loved. It. I mean, two and a half years. And I'm telling you something I've loved every second of it. It's really been incredible. And really amazing. And guys, we're, we do this call. I was this call. We do this, like, it's a little bit of a mentoring call, but it's a, a mastermind call. We do it on Fridays, me and Dan. And uh, if some of you guys know Larry Holsey, Mike Patterson and Rich Palmer. And <clears throat> so we get on there and Dan's like, Hey guys, I can't, can't be on. Uh, there's a coyote chasing my deer. So I got to go get him. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, I was like, okay, never heard that one, but uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. You got to go take them out, you know, don't, don't mess with my deer. You know what I mean? Don't, so, tell, don't about, tell them about that. You brought in what? 50, 50 deer from. Well, I, we, we, we have a high fence. So for those people, okay. understand, you know, high fences, I mean, you know, you, it's pretty much nothing can get in or out, but a coyote and a bobcat, bobcat can climb over the fence. They have no problem with anything. A coyote will dig underneath the fence. So we've just worked really, really hard to, to, to maintain it. So our, our deer are in good shape. So I bought it and there was a lot of deer already on it, probably, you know, 30, 40 deer already on it. Then I bought some axis and they're just, uh, you know, um, an exotic deer that comes from Sri Lanka, India. And we've been, we've had them in the States, I think in Hawaii, got them first in the 1950s. Anyway, they're, they, they, they thrive in Texas because the weather, as long as we don't like two years ago, had the hundred hundred year freeze. That's pretty tough on them. But anyway, uh, you know, we just take good care of them, have feeders out for them and uh, keep the predators out and they're thriving. And, uh, we just, uh, we just have a lot of access and a lot of, uh, white tailed deer. And, uh, you know, we have the state management program I'm under. So they come out or we, we do surveys and they tell us how many to take out, how many to harvest and none of it goes to waste. You know, uh, some families are able to eat as a result of that. So I give a lot of the meat away. And uh, it's just, it's, it's just, it really gets you in touch with nature. And it's like, you know, I work really, really hard. And that was one of the things that I was very thankful for to be able to get this place. Yeah. So good. And it's, it's great for me to see, cause I, I watched Dan work hard all his life and then, you know, really see him get to the peace, which we all talk about all the time. We're doing all this craziness really to have peace of mind. Yeah. And, well, and it showed me that, that that's possible. Yeah. And it really is. I mean, it's just like, it's hard to keep all the time because there's, there are things that, that bombard us, yes. um, you know, and you can listen and when you're really spiritually evolved, you can have peace of mind 24 seven all the time. Uh, I'd yeah. love to say I've reached that, but I haven't, but you know, I sure have it more now than I've ever had it in my life. And I attribute a lot of it to, to, to my wife. She, she brought me to uh, uh, Preston Wood, uh, which uh, Jack Graham is over there. So that's made a, a huge impact for the last five years of my life. And uh, then the ranch, having that peace out there. And the funny thing is, I've I, I physically worked harder in the last two years than probably any time except when I was like 18 or 19. And when I got out of high school, worked with the Department of Public Safety. I mean, we, we you know, tarred roads in the summertime I and mean, we physically work. But as a 19-year-old, give me a break. You should be able to do that. Now, I mean, some of the stuff I, I do out there is just, it's kind of crazy, but I've built up to it. So that, that physical hard labor just gives you the sense of satisfaction. Uh, sometimes I get up in the morning, I'm going, I don't know what I'm doing. I must be crazy, right? But uh, <laughs> 
as long as I have the strength, I'm going to keep pushing forward, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, it's so true. No, it's so good, but it's been, like I said, it's been really great for me and and a lot of us who are close friends of you watching you and watching that transformation for you guys. And I think it's so important because a lot of times we're in the grind, we're in this and is there an, is, you know, where, where does this all end? And Dan's really showed me that um, he's just, he's got peace of mind. Like he said, physical labor, he's, it's just, it's amazing to watch your growth and spiritually too, because I know up there for a while you had no internet, no nothing up there. All you really could do is just read scriptures and just really, I mean, you were really, it was yeah. you and it was, it was Dan and you, you know what I mean? It was you. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. And, so, and, and, and that, 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 yeah. When you, when, you know, a lot of people can't be alone and, uh, and, uh, it's, uh, and, and I'll be truthful with you. The first few nights out there was kind of weird, you know, two and a half years ago, because I mean, there's just always somebody around or at least you're in a huge house with, you know, a TV if you need it or something. Yeah, so, yeah. so first few nights were a little bit, but as, as, as I went along, you just, you just felt that solitude of God and you just felt this peace because I had a 1200 square foot house out there. So it's a little dinky house, uh, but it's, it's perfect for me. And then I have a log cabin, um, you know, probably two football fields away with the log cabin. It's just another 1200 square foot little place, but yeah, it just, uh, it's just, it's just been, uh, it's been a real, real joy. And in the physical work, um, I, I don't have to do any of it, you know, so it makes it even more fun because I got guys that'll do all that, but I love working with these guys that are, you know, mid thirties, you know, of course I can't do what they do, but I, but I pretend and I go in there and I, and I, and I, and I fight with it, Brad. I mean, it's funny. They're <laughs> these 80 pound bags of concrete and I'm going toe to toe with them, toe to toe with them. And, uh, and I know I'm just, I'm right after it, right with them. But, uh, at the end of the day, I'm sure they can do a ton more than me, but, I, but I don't let them know that I'm like, no. I'm having fun with it. I really am. It's just so, 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 so I got that competitive juices. in. Yeah. You. That's awesome. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> no. So, so cool. Okay. As we wind up here, Dan, I just, I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to find, of course, this podcast is all about going from survival to success to yeah. significance. And that's basically your story right there from survival to success to significance. So, and then that gives you that legacy mindset. Yeah. So tell me where your legacy, what, what do you, I mean, you've had success, maybe define success for me and where, what happened when you got success, but define me now, your mind, what is a legacy that you want to leave behind? Yeah. I, 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 I want my children to really look at, at me, not so that I, you know, necessarily worked so hard or made so much money or that it was just like a, a, a godly servant, you know, like I really served God because at the end of the day, like really, who are we really working for? And I want them to learn that. So then they won't, whatever job they end up with, they won't necessarily look at it like, oh, I'm working for this jerk boss or I'm working for this company that doesn't do this or that. It's like at the end of the day, we, we serve God. And, and that's really what I'm doing now in my company too. And so I, I, my hope is that they could look at, you know, a, a, you know, a godly man loves his family, uh, priority grandchildren, children, wife, family, you know, God, that's, that's everything. And then you'll be blessed and you'll have everything else. Mm, and, you know, and, if you're, and, it, and it's hard though when you're young, because uh, listen, I, I didn't function that way uh, in my, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, you know, you're, you're, you're chasing money, you're chasing fame, you're chasing houses, you're chasing whatever you're chasing. You know, it's just, it's a natural instinct, especially for, for men, I think that are, you know, raised the way I was raised anyway, that work ethic. But somehow, if they could realize we're spiritual beings and you can you could still have all that, like, you know, I want people to, if they want a ranch or whatever they want, sure. a house or whatever that they want, material things. I think we could have all that. But if, if that becomes the idolatry, if that becomes your God, then you're always going to be empty mm-hmm. no matter what you get. If you get a, a, a raise in your job or you get a different position, then you're still chasing because you haven't found that peace of mind. And, it, and if, if once you could come to grips with, it's not in the things because that's just an idolatry, you know, that new car. Yeah. You're happy for how long, you know, a week, a month, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, the Nick Saban's stuff. I mean, isn't that great yes. saying, you know, and, it, and it's true, but if you're making an impact on somebody else's life mm. and you're filling that, I mean, mm. I think that's really what it's about making an impact. And, and there's people right now that aren't feeling all that great. 
you know, physically that are, you know, my age and older, you know, they go through things. You hear that when you go to church, you know, you're praying for this. <laughs> People don't have it so great right now. So uh, being appreciative for what we got, but every day trying to make an impact on somebody else. Sometimes just a text message you can send over to somebody else. Hope you're feeling good today. I'm praying for you, thinking of you, buddy. I mean, that lifts up the spirit. So I hope yeah. my children and grandchildren live that, you know, learn that for me. And, and, you know, Brad, we, we have to live it every single day because they're watching us. Yeah. I mean, we are being watched. Yeah. by people. So it's just like, it's, it's even more important for people who are of influence, who are known that, that we, that we work even harder at it because we're scrutinized even more. Yes. Like Jim yes. Rohn said, he goes, I could do great for 40 years. He goes, I walk across the stage one day drunk. He goes, my whole 40 year mm. career was ruined in one day. Mm. It doesn't mm. matter how great I did for 40 years. The mm. one day I did something that stupid, you know? Yes. So we have to be on our game all the time. And I think we're scrutinized a little bit more than probably a lot. And that's okay. I'll take that challenge on. Mm. That's so good. So good. Well, Dan, you've definitely lived that life. And it's been, like I said, it's been a joy. It's been a joy working with you, being with you, being with your family and look for a lot of many days at the ranch. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, so it's just going to be fun. So, well, Dan, thanks so much for being on today. Um, I know everybody's going to really get a lot out of this guys. It was just great to walk through your life and thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome, Brad. Good to be with you. Talk soon. Okay. Okay. Guys, listen, uh, remember the whole podcast is built around, as we said, going from survival to success to significance, which is a legacy mindset. So I have a fantastic close of the year. See you guys next year as we talk all throughout next year. Bye-bye, everyone. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you could think of anyone who would like to listen to this or use this, please share on your social media or text them. We would greatly appreciate that. And a final thought. There's a proverb that says, if you continually give, you will continually have. It's a perfect formula for building a significant team and a significant life. Remember, your legacy is not about what you acquire. It's about what you leave behind. Let's go have a legacy mindset.